scrimmage. Here's Cora. Welcome to the Casuals to Two Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco. With me, as always, my co-host, Jacob Belleville. Welcome, Jacob. Hello. How's it going? It's going great. I've had a couple weeks off. Um, it, you know, it's just like the good old days. You and me here talking football. We've got football on right now. Week one underway for the college side. Yep, best time of year. Best time of year. And then it's going to get a little chilly. It's going to be great. We're going to eat chili. Eat chili, be warm in our bellies, be warm in our hearts because of the football. Yes. It, it's great. Also, quick note, are you a fan of cinnamon rolls with chili? Um, I've heard some people have never heard of that, and I find that hard to believe. Um, I'm not a fan of them, like with chili, I guess. Okay. But like, it was definitely a school lunch. Okay. The entire time we were growing up, it was like once a week it would be chili with cinnamon rolls. It's great. If, people, if you haven't tried it, try it. Um, I had to put a lot of emphasis on the Casuals 2 Degenerates podcast because I was out you know, gearing up for the season. I've been doing a lot of different things. And Tweet hosted. And he didn't even get the title of the podcast, correct. I don't remember what he said, but it was not the podcast. I mean, it's even written on a sheet. Yeah, but he can't read. That I should have done a picture. I mean, I thought the two would have helped, but like he didn't even do the two. Mm. Numbers are hard too. I don't know, but we have a special guest with us here this week. He was supposed to be one of the co-hosts. Uh, while I was out, but he had the the Rona come and sneak up on him and kick his butt. But he's with us. He wanted to make it up. Chad, welcome, Chad. How's it going? It's going great. How are you doing? Better, better. Um, I can honestly say that uh, Paxlovid stuff actually works. And uh, as a fat guy from the Midwest, cinnamon rolls do go with chili. I hear you. Do you dip them? No. But pour the chili I, I on. Alternate, I alternate bites. 
Oh. Okay. So it's not really with, it's just like I'm having a cinnamon roll and a bowl of chili. But while I'm eating chili. I mean, sometimes <laughs> they're, they both go together in the same bite. You never know. Okay. I don't pay attention. I'm watching football or something. Stuff just gets mixed. Something I'm definitely going to have is cinnamon rolls and chili. I got to bring it up to my wife. She's from Minnesota. I'm not sure if that's a thing that they do there. I don't know. They do a lot of weird things in Minnesota that we do not do here. So, well, this podcast, I want to give a quick highlight because we didn't preface it last week. We're going to be doing hot takes for 2023 and coaching fires that we think are, are going to happen. And I went back and I listened to episode 17. By the way, I do not recommend anybody go back and listen to any of our early podcasts. We've gotten so much better, Jacob. At one point, like, Grant's running around back there and he's dropping stuff. I can hear all sorts of things and he's like talking into the mic. <laughs> I don't remember any of this, but uh, not great content back then. And then I listened. That was our coaching fires who we thought were going to get fired. Then that was on August 3rd of last year and then episode 18 one episode later, still do not recommend going back and listening to any of those podcasts. Uh, but then that was August 10th, and that's where we had some hot takes. And I went back and I wrote down both yours and my hot takes from <laughs> from last year, and they are hilarious. So I'm going to recap those before we get into our 2023 hot takes because they – I mean, I had some funny ones, and then I got to yours, Jacob. I don't know if you remember any. I remember some of them. I remember <laughs> hot takes were bad. Like I, I don't think I got any of them right. I feel like coaching we did pretty good though. Yeah, coaching we did all right. Okay. So first, make sure you go out there, rate, review, download our podcast. Give us. We only want five stars because we're a five star podcast. We don't accept any four stars. We're you know we're a blue blood, blue blood over here. Um. So we're gonna get right into our quick hitter. People who are new to the podcast, I'm going to give out five clues for Chad and Jacob to guess the player. It could be NFL. It could be college. By the end of the five, I hope you can figure it out. Some are a little harder than others. This one is a little tougher than other ones that we've had. So get right into it. Clue one, I am a QB in my third year of school. Anybody want to lock it in? No. no, I'm terrible with these whenever oh. I when I'm listening to the podcast. So we'll see how we do. I am in the G5 and on my second team. So I am third year of school. I have transferred. I'm on my second team and I'm in the G5. Clue number three. Last year I was quarterback. 91 in the nation in passing with 1,910 yards, seven spots in front of Malik Cunningham last year, and two spots in front of Tyler Van Dyke. I didn't realize those guys were so bad at passing last year. Yeah, they were bad. Clue number four, I'm in the Mountain West. It's all yours, Chad. Oh, last clue. 
my whole team practically transferred from Nevada. Nobody? Nope. I mean, I I had Hayner last year. I don't know if he's uh, – I think he graduated, but I'm not yeah, sure. He's definitely on the Saints. Is. He's definitely yeah, on the Saints. So that's why, yeah, I, I don't know who his backup would have been or who took over for him this year. Well, he played at Fresno State, so that's also a strike against you, Chad. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Clay Millen. Clay Quarterback Millen. Clay Millen at Colorado State. I picked him. I was, you know, we've done kind of some of the higher names. I picked him because I feel like he's going to have, he's a quarterback that nobody's currently talking about that I'm going to say, like, from a CFF standpoint, gets a little bit of buzz and is a usable quarterback each week. Not like I could see maybe he gets the Tanner McKee type draft hype that like never pans out like Tanner McKee. Like there's no pro potential here in my, in my eyes, but I think they went out and they got a lot of transfers in on the offensive line and he had I think it was the second highest A dot in the nation last year with balls down the field. Um, Tory Horton is his wide receiver. They're at Colorado State, so just a name to be on the lookout when you you know see a rise or people talking about Clay Millen. Heard it here first. Clay Millen's going to have uh, a meteoric rise in the uh, Mountain West. NCAA news. First and foremost, I want to talk about Arizona's bull ban. I want to get your guys' thoughts, if you guys have any, and then I have my thoughts that I will uh, talk about here. Jacob, go ahead. It's, uh, I believe it's self-imposed. So basically what, what Arizona State's saying is we're not going to be any good. We're not making a bowl. And so we're gonna self-impose this ban. <laughs> now, it, it sucks for all the like guys that transferred in because I think they got a wide receiver from. Didn't they get a wide receiver from Colorado? Well, yes, believe, they did. Yeah, I believe he's a senior. But I mean, he doesn't have a postseason to basically play for now, so that kind of stinks. But, Chad, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of feel. For the kids there, you know. Uh, now, when it's something like that, if they're self-imposing it, if someone transferred in, would they be able to get a waiver? Do you think? Nope. No. Nope. So, my thought is: one, I played college sports, and this blows. Two, it kind of depends on what coaches know, because you've got a new coach that comes in. Ideally, the coach knows what he's getting into. Like, this is self-imposed. Like, this is probably not something that he made the decision about. It's made by somebody higher. I would hope to God that that was made before he became head coach. If it's not, that program isn't something that I – like, working under that program isn't something that I really want. But if I'm transferring in, they got brought a lot of transfers – I don't know how – I don't want to say smart, but, like, how savvy these college kids are about asking those types of questions. Like, They're not. I mean, because everyone 
I feel like everyone knew about Herm Edwards and like this issue around it, but like, so part of it's on me for not asking, is this even a chance? What really sucks is this kind of makes a little bit more sense against Rashada. Like, Hey, we're going to start Rashada. We're going to let him get used to the PAC 12 defense. We're going to see what we got for a year before we move to the big 12 and get a year under his belt. And we don't there are no expectations. We're not making it a bowl, guys. It's fine. But you got – was it uh, Pine that moved over there? It's like, yep. why would I transfer in there? I think I'm going to win the job, and I'm not even going to go to a bowl. Like, if you were purposely misleading players, that's also, like, a red flag to me. So it there's a couple things that rub me the wrong way. But in general, this is something that NCAA didn't bring down. The school – brought it down, and really screwed the kids. And it really angers me that coaches can just go wherever they want to go, and there's, like, no issue. But it's like, oh, this school, it happened at this school. So, you know, the kids who graduate don't have to pay, but, like, the kids who are here for it and the incoming freshmen, they have to pay. Well, wasn't it because of COVID recruiting violations? It was. Which there were a bunch of goofy rules during that time. And then now the guy who's technically responsible for those like infractions happening when he was there, he's gone. You're not yep. doing anything to him. Yep. So it, like, it, just, yeah, it's just wild. I don't know. Like, I get it, but like, but also, but also, I th- I think they think that they're going to be pretty bad this year, and so then it makes it more palatable to say we're not going to go to a bowl game. But you're also using Herm Edwards as like the scapegoat for the season. When he got fired, like week three or four, <laughs> yeah. So, like, really, you're talking about two seasons that you're trying to make Herm Edwards into being this like failure for the program, which I don't entirely agree with either. So they play they play tonight. So we'll see how that looks. We'll see what Rashada looks like. Um, watch that, him, watch him just go and have a stellar year, and then nothing comes of it. I, mean, I, mean, actually, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm also a little bit in like the, like I understand that players want to go to a bowl game and play in a bowl game, but as a fan, like bowl games are like worthless anymore. Oh, unless yeah. you want to, unless you want to see freshmen that can maybe break out for your we, C2C team. Yes, Heck yeah. But I'm just saying like, you can be six and six, six and seven and go to a bowl game. Also yeah, like, Oh, we're, we're self-imposing, not going to a bowl. Like really, what does the NCAA do? Like just yep. say, like just just go find another team that doesn't make a bowl and just schedule a game, and just play. Like, what's the NCAA doing? Nothing. Next, Ohio State and Alabama name quarterbacks. We can touch on this. Long, short, don't really care. We got Alabama gives Milrow the nod. Suck it, Chad. And then we've got uh, Ohio State gives the nod to Kyle McCord. Congratulations, Chad! But but when one they're going to play both. They're going to play both quarterbacks. So realistically, Ohio State plays all of their guys the whole game. Gives one half to McCord. Gives one half to um, Brown. You know you're going to have to have your starters out there because if you want to really see them both work, they're going to have to be with the ones. Now, are you playing against Indiana's ones or twos? That'll be the next thing. Um, whether they 
worst thing would be if they trade drives and stuff because then you just can't get in a rhythm. But <clears throat> yeah, let let Brown come in in the second half when they are you know McCord's already put the game away and you know he's going to go in there. Yeah, he's going to show off that he was doing good, but it's against Indiana. Jacob, any thoughts on either of those uh, quarterbacks? Um, I think Ohio State playing two quarterbacks makes a little bit more sense just because both of them kind of function as a pocket passer. Like I know Devin Brown rushed for a little bit when he was in high school, but he's still more of a pocket passer. I feel like Alabama going from Milrow to Simpson, is com- that's a completely different offense. Mm-hmm. So I think that – I think Alabama had to pick a guy and then their install each week based on obviously how they do but is going to be completely different whether they roll out Ty Simpson in week three versus Milrow in week one. I, I don't think you can switch back and forth like at halftime, I guess, in Alabama's situation. Yeah, you're changing a whole offensive scheme. Yeah, they're yeah. completely different players. So, yeah, I think uh, I'll get into my takes a little bit later about Ryan Day. But, yeah, I, I just – I mean, it's very much similar to what Michigan did last year, um, splitting that time. But from my understanding, there was a straw poll that happened. <clears throat> Evan Brown was the winner of that straw poll. People in coaches were the straw poll, and they said it is Devin Brown. But Day wants McCord to be the starter, and – People haven't seen Brown yet. He's been injured for the spring game. All the uh, fall ball, or he was, yeah, I think he was injured in the spring, injured in the fall. So people haven't got to see him play yet. And he doesn't make as many mistakes. He's more of a gunslinger than McCord is. McCord's going to stay within the offense, do what he's told. I think the offense is similar to like, what Kyle Shanahan, like, give me a Brock Purdy that can just do what I'm told, isn't going to make mistakes, my team's going to be good enough, and we're going to get there. It's not like they're, it's not like their schedule is hard. Like Iowa. <clears throat> yeah. And then yeah, Devin Brown. Third easiest uh, schedule in the nation. And then Devin Brown wants to, you know, sling it a couple times, so there's a chance he makes those mistakes. So we'll see how that plays out. Next piece of news. NCAA, what are we doing? Tez Walker on the depth chart, but still no news. He still has no waiver. Will Tez Walker play? No one knows. Next, Grim, Destin Hill atop the depth chart in the slot. I mean, I can't believe there could be a 42-year-old going up against these 19-year-olds that has won the job. You know, just kidding. He's, you know, two years older. I don't know. He's 20. Part of me says, yes, he should because he's going to be more developed. But also being out of football for two years, is Destin Hill, like, really, really good at football that he can just be gone for two years and be a starter? I don't know. But something I will be interested to watch come Monday night for sure. Thoughts from either of you? I think the really interesting thing is they brought in, you know, a pretty high-ranked recruit in Hakeem Williams, and they're saying we're going to go with Destin Hill. So he must be good enough 
And they like Vendravius Jacobs. Vendravius Jacob isn't even on the depth chart. Not even on there. And those so. are two guys with a lot of talent. So maybe Dustin Hill is good. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's going to pay off for keeping him on your roster. Well, <laughs> he scored zero points for two years, but maybe. As someone that keeps older players on his roster. Yeah, you um, love him. With Stetson <laughs> Bennett last year and uh, Frank Harris at the ripe old age of 24 in college right now. They have. Uh, they you have know, they've got some. Families. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know they've they've got some potential on the college side, but that's it. That's it. There's there's nothing else after that. At that point, you're already passed. So, and then uh, hold on to something for too long. And then, according to Mitch Sherman, Eric Gilbert was arrested for burglary. I posted in the league chat that video of him uh, stealing a bag that contained sixteen hundred seventy-two dollars in vape products, Delta Eight. Cigars and lighters. R.I.P. Derek Gilbert shares. Jacob, you fleeced another manager out of, uh, you know. No, I didn't. <laughs> giving him out. Eric Gilbert. Sorry, Ian. Also got a first round pick. Well, we don't need to talk about that. We can just tell the people that you gave Eric Gilbert to Ian. Uh, the yeah. year before, you gave Brett, uh, who was the wide receiver that's now at Arizona State, that was at Texas. Troy O'Meary. Troy O'Meary. That was that. Oh, man, you are living the high life over there, I tell you. I don't know. I mean, I wish I knew more about fleecing and the talk, but I'll figure, out, I'll figure it out later. One of these days. One of these days, I'll get it figured out. Jacob, hit us with any NFL news you have. So we did have some NFL news. Um, it looks like Kyler Murray and Jonathan Taylor will be staying on the physically unable to perform list. So that means basically they're not going to be playing on the field until week five at the earliest. Um, yeah, we've kind of seen what the the Jonathan Taylor, Grim Ursay saga um, roll out and play out. And now it's ending with him not playing for a quarter of the season. So, Grim and all of his like holdouts and contract guys. We'll get to another one of his contract guys here in a little bit. But like, it must not be fun to be play for that owner. And I, I, I mean, I see that team, and I can understand why. I can understand why. Yeah, Grim Ursay just needs to put the bottle down. You know. Yeah. Grim needs to stop tweeting, um, uh, which by him is like messenger pigeons um, (laughs) after 7 p.m. All right. The next news, um, Trey Lance goes to Dallas. He was traded from San Francisco to Dallas for a fourth round pick. Woo. What's on that? I am – as a San Francisco 49ers fan, I am ecstatic that the 49ers made a decision. Now, whether the decision was to keep Trey Lance and trade Brock Purdy, I, I don't care. I just wanted them to make a decision because the longer you kept them both on the team, you're going to have a, your 
crowd is going to turn on one of them. You know, as soon as Brock Purdy doesn't do what he's supposed to do, you're going to have the crowd go. Or, like, Brock Purdy does great, and then Trey Lance just sits there, and his value just keeps getting lower and lower and lower. And he was a first-round pick. So I'm just happy that the 49ers decided, made a decision. They decided to move on. Great. I can live with that. It's going to be cheaper for them anyways. And next year, they're going to have some guys to pay um, on that team. So they already paid Debo. Hopefully, I haven't seen anything about Bosa yet, but hopefully they pay him here before the start of the season. He'll get paid. Yeah. So I think good move for them. And now the Cowboys issue because you got uh, Dak with a $0 cap hit next year. And Jerry Jones goes and makes that trade, doesn't tell anybody about it. That will be something next offseason in Dallas. Especially if Dak misses any time and Trey Lance comes in and plays well. Because basically they're Dak and Trey Lance are going to be due to be paid at the same time. So, But if Dak's healthy and playing the entire year, then Trey Lance isn't going to get reps and you're not paying Trey Lance. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't know. I don't know how it all works out, but Chad, you got any thoughts on that one? Um, I loved the uh, <clears throat> comparisons to, uh, or some of the pundits and stuff saying that uh, the Niners now have the worst draft bust ever over even like Jamarcus Russell. I mean, you you go out and you spend all those picks to get your guy. He gets hurt, doesn't play, then you ship him off for a fourth-round pick. This is a great C2C. It's like, go out, get your guy, pay up, get your guy. It didn't work out. Well, it didn't yeah. work. Yep. It didn't work out. This must be what Grimm felt, though, when the Bears traded all their assets to the 49ers to get Trubisky. Like, I hurt. I'm glad they made a decision. I hurt. But this must be that, that feeling that he felt. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. Trubisky played a little bit more than Trey Lance. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then NFL cut downs to 53-man rosters took place on Tuesday. There weren't a whole lot of big surprises, in my opinion. The surprise that I did write down was the Patriots cut both Malik Cunningham and Bailey Zappi. And that basically leaves Mac Jones as the only quarterback on the roster right now. So they're definitely not going to start the season with one quarterback, right? Well, they just signed Matt Corral. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah, so, and and I'm pretty sure they brought Zappy back again onto the practice squad. Okay. So, yeah, so yeah. They, they cut him just to put him onto the practice squad. I don't know. I thought Zappy actually played pretty well. I do, too. Like, I'm honestly – we'll get to it – Later, but I'm honestly surprised like the Cardinals didn't put like a claim in for him because the Cardinals don't really have a quarterback, but we'll get to it later. And then the Cleveland Browns, the other thing that I noticed that was interesting was the Cleveland Browns waved Kellen Mond. That's not the interesting part. The interesting part is show favorite DTR is now the backup quarterback to Deshaun Watson. Oh, my gosh. I am just kicking myself for getting rid of DTR now. Aren't you? I mean, backup in Cleveland? I'm just saying the stars are aligning. 
It's happening. You thought Brock Purdy was good. Wait. Just wait till you see DTR. We forgot about TJ Hawkinson's new contract. Oh, yeah. TJ Hawkinson got paid today a lot of money. A lot of money. Now, Minnesota, I don't know. They, they got to pay Justin Jefferson here soon. And then they got to <laughs> like rework Kirk Cousins or get a new quarterback. So I don't. If I was a GM, probably not a move I make. But I mean. Once it's your t- turn to get paid and you're like one of the better players at your position, you just up the market every time. That's just what happens. Yep. Now let's get to the big piece of news. This is the, the big news. This is your news. You take it away, Luke. Cardinals are tanking. We knew this. But I've never seen anything more blatant and obvious than what the Cardinals are doing. It was Isaiah Simmons, I believe, was the defensive guy that took in the first round that they traded to the Giants for a seventh-round pick. Egregious. You know what? Colt McCoy, he's our starter. He's played decent for us. Cut. You're on waivers. We're going to go with our rookie, Clayton Toon, and Joshua Dobbs that we just traded for who looked like poo-poo. For the, he's been in the league for like twelve years and has like twelve passes. Well, he played in the playoff game. Remember the the I remember. Titans, I remember the Titans I went him off that playoff stats. game and look like, like this is our guy. I went and looked at his stats and I'm like, holy cow! How does he still have a job as a backup quarterback? This is this is the most blatant tank job I've ever seen in the NFL. And I want no part of this offense. I want no Hollywood Brown. I want I want nothing. It's gonna it's gonna be brutal. The 49ers and Seahawks are just gonna crush everybody over the, like it's oh this is sad. This is sad. But they have a plan. Tank for Caleb Williams or Drake May, get Marvin Harrison Jr. They've got they're gonna get somebody good. Yeah, but I don't think football works that way. I don't think it's like a basketball team where you just tank and then you get one or two pieces and you're all all of a sudden back. Yeah, you kind of need to build from the inside out. You kind of need like middle of the road guys just to start for you. Yeah, this if it's if it is it would make sense if Caleb Williams went there because he already like his line isn't super great at USC, and he runs around anyway. So it's like, all right, now these guys are just bigger and faster, but I still have to run around. So that could just end up be something that ends up hurting Caleb Williams, and he never develops. And I don't know. Or he's getting killed back there, and he pulls an Andrew Luck, and he's like, I'm done after four years. So that was – I just couldn't believe it. Like, I've – people do, like, the – quiet quitting in real life like that oh we're we're not gonna put our best guys out there like they would just like we're gonna put our best guys out there so we're gonna just ship off everybody else <laughs> anyways <clears throat> go cardinals that's gonna be gross to watch you get to watch it multiple times i know <laughs> league news nothing this week NFL Week One coming up. We're gonna have all the DTR stats your your pretty little hearts could take. 
no trades this week, so we're still stuck at 50, but still a great, great number before the season even starts. I'm going to open the floor. Chad, you're a guest. Do you have any week zero takeaways? You can talk about any teams. I don't care. Um, I mean, you know, obviously I'm going to talk about Notre Dame. Um, oh, my God. I knew it. Being being the, the only fan of them in the entire league. Um, <clears throat> in the world. Do you find that hard to believe that you're the only fan of Notre Dame? Like, No, I'm the only one with class. That's all it means. <laughs> Uh, no. So with, with this rivalry, um, it's the longest played except for during COVID, um, it it ended for that, but it's the longest played rivalry in all of college football. And it's a friendly one. You don't see that. That's the the part of it that I love about the Notre Dame Navy game. Other than, you know, we embarrass the shit out of them on the field after the game, they're with each other at their their bands and it's just a big brotherhood for that rivalry. Jacob, any takeaways for all of week zero or Notre Dame Navy? Notre Dame Navy drove me nuts. I it just <laughs> needs to stop. I like, I understand it's a tradition for you, but for me, it's just brutal to watch, especially this, this last or last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't tune into football games to marvel at the bands. You know, Chad. Hey, you, it's, a, it's a brotherhood kind of thing. All right, I've seen this. You, I've seen that game in person, so it, it does hold a different spot for me. What brotherhood? For that as well. Uh, how Navy basically saved Notre Dame during World War Two. Yeah, Navy. Yeah. What's the brotherhood? Why do they need Notre Dame? They saved them. Notre Dame should give them an honor. They need the money. They need the money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it works out. Jacob, <clears throat> you didn't tune in to watch Jane Greathouse get two touchdowns. You weren't. You weren't about no, that. No, I didn't. I didn't. I missed his five snaps. Yeah. Nine. Nine. Okay. No, I think uh, takeaways were kind of tough, just because there are so many kind of lopsided lopsided games, but. USC, I think, is going to be like last year where it's going to be tough to pick out which wide receivers are actually going to benefit week to week. It's going to be really – like the volume is just going to be very spread. <clears throat> I think they had 10 wide receivers catch the ball. So for fantasy purposes, it's like, who are you going to start? I don't know. They had some, I'd be worried about I mean, obviously USC. we had some freshmen show up, like with Branch and Deuce Robinson looked really good. But honestly, with wide receivers at USC, other than C.D. Lamb, you haven't really had a target hog in a Lincoln-Riley offense. You have – it It gets smattered around a little bit. It's like the quarterback's what you want. Other guys will go to the league, but it's not like Jordan Addison was like – No. Jordan awesome. Addison went from being like wide receiver, the best wide receiver in the nation to – Still a very good wide receiver, but like production wise in the twenties. Yeah, so yeah, they're wide receiver group, not gonna know <clears throat> like you're gonna have to start your guys, but don't expect big games from them. Um I wanna give a quick shout out to Jacksonville State. 
Rich Rodriguez, former coach of Michigan, coaching Jacksonville State with their first game in the FBS, gets a win, and they had it against a conference. It was a conference game, and they got a win. So they are 1-0 in conference, 1-0 in FBS football. You got Rich Rodriguez. Didn't even remember he was in the league anymore. But congratulations to him. And UMass, statistically the worst team in the nation last year, gets a win. Snapping a 28-game road losing streak. So, I don't know if UMass is better than... I mean, they've won a game. I mean, that that's a thing. But their over-under was like two and a half this year. They're, they're on their way. But congratulations to UMass for pulling out a win. Jacob, I don't know if you got to watch any of the Ohio game. But were you, were you nervous? You nervous? The what do you call them? The Canadian rifle or maple missile? Maple missile. So he was cooking them, but then yeah, he went down with the. It definitely looked like a concussion. Yep. He I was, didn't like. There was reports of like lower leg, and I didn't really see that. No, it was, was like a on the field. So I don't know. Like shortly after, it said that he was mad that he wasn't able to go back into the game. So. Feel pretty confident starting him this week, but he was looking good up until then. And I feel pretty good with Sam Wiggles. Didn't matter who was that quarterback. He had ten targets. He had twenty some points, and he didn't even get a touchdown. So feel good with Sam Wiggles. And then Sabangura got the run. Whether Rorick's in there or not, he's going to be the guy. So feel pretty good there. Chad, any takeaways from USC? I definitely know you've got a couple of UMass takes in you, um, and maybe Ohio. Um, I, I didn't watch any of the other games. The the one thing I'm just the UMass with USC. Yeah, just, just watch UMass. UMass. Yeah, yeah, just UMass. Uh, USC, that offense is going to have to when they get into some of their conference plays or conference games, they're going to have to put points up. So there's no way they make could, the playoffs. No, that I don't see it. Bad. Defense you don't give up. You don't give up that many points to San Jose State. I mean, Cordero basically had his way with them. It's he didn't throw for a lot of yards, but he had three touchdowns. So it's embarrassing. There were a few plays where, like, the defensive line looked like they weren't even playing hard. It's the first. It was, em- it was embarrassing. Yeah, that you have the talent there. I haven't really dug into the you know secondary at USC and all that stuff, but you have talent there where you should just roll over San Jose State, and you are pretty much wasting Caleb Williams' talent. Like You could have a national championship, and you're kind of wasting the your quarterback's talent there by not uh, performing on the defensive end. Like Same thing like number- – uh, North Carolina, like North Carolina's defense isn't that great. You're kind of wasting Drake Mays. You're, you're shot at a national championship. You're wasting their – what quarterback are you going to get that's going to be better than Drake May anytime in the next couple of years? Like, I don't know. but Not without paying for him. Yeah. So, kind of sucks. Hawaii, look, they got, they got spanked last year. It was – you had Vanderbilt goes to Hawaii last year, 
they win like 63 to 7. This year, you got Hawaii comes into Vanderbilt and it was 28 35. Either Vanderbilt's not as good or Hawaii's better. I believe that Hawaii's better this year. And I can't wait for tomorrow night to stay up and watch Hawaii play Stanford. I'm going to watch a little bit of that. Yeah, so, that'll be a true test of, of if uh, Hawaii is anything or not. Well, Stanford's also really bad. So Vanderbilt well, it's, also bad last year. Vanderbilt is very Hawaii bad. Hawaii may have gotten better, but they still might get one win. Yeah, so any other takeaways that we want to talk about before we move into our hot takes and coaches being fired? Um, depending on how Iowa State looks, I think Ohio might beat them. I think, I think there's a good chance that Ohio State gets their one win of the season this weekend. You woof. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in the game tomorrow night for Kansas and uh, Missouri State. At least we'll know then if we can get a second win. <laughs> We're not beating Kansas. Uh, if they don't show up against Missouri State, at home, I don't. Th- I just don't see us beating Kansas. I do want to give a uh, quick update here. Um, I'm looking here, and it is fourth and six at Arizona State's 29 yard line. Arizona State has the ball, and we are in the second quarter with 9:50 to go. Seven to seven against Southern Utah. And uh, Rashad is four for seven for 49 yards. Nice. Okay. Hot takes. I told you guys I tuned in to our August 10th episode, and I got our hot takes. Jacob, you know, Chad, do you want to hear the hot takes from Jacob or myself from last year first? And we'll follow that same order for hot takes this year. I think let's let's go with Jacobs first. Let's, All let's, right, Jacob. Let's let him get his out there. Start All right, Jacob. Your hot takes last year. Caden Prather will be a top 20 in the nation in receiving yards. Pretty close. He had 501 yards. Um, <laughs> the cutoff at number 20 was 1,077. So he missed that by 576 yards. We're in the ballpark. <laughs> Missed it by that much. Hot take number two. Juju leads the league in receiving. He had 933 yards. Justin Jefferson led the league in receiving with 1,809 yards. So he, you, you missed that one by 876 yards. <laughs> You're supposed to be hot, right? But – you kind of did like that's my hot spicy take. What I actually believe is you said Devontae Adams will lead the league in receiving. He had one thousand five hundred and sixteen yards and he finished third in the in the league. You're like, this is my spicy take, is what you're supposed to like. If I'm betting and you want to get good money return, this is what you gotta do. So I, I will nine thousand. I I will say that. You also said that Brees Hall would outscore Javante Williams in 2022. Then, which he did. Which he did. Uh, Brees Hall with 115.1 points. 
uh, in his seven games before getting injured, while Javante Williams had 42 in his two games before getting injured. So maybe he just jinxed both of them. I'm not sure. That's how you get a hot take correct. Um, I'm going to leave my favorite hot take uh, for last. Next, we have the what? Is that the Sean Tucker one? Yes. Yeah, I remember that one. (laughs) Marcus Mariota revives his stock. What does revive his stock mean, Jacob? Uh, Uh, Ryan be a starting quarterback and not almost get cut in the first preseason game by the Eagles. So that's, he didn't revive it. Uh, you said a Ryan Tannehill, like revival, like going from Miami to Tennessee, that was what you were hoping for. And, and you coupled it with the Falcons aren't buying a quarterback. Like he's going to do well enough that he's going to stay there. Like granted it was Ritter. I nailed, no, I nailed half of it. I <laughs> nailed half of it. <laughs> and then my favorite hot take from Jacob in 2022, Sean Tucker will have 1,800 all-purpose yards. He will be a borderline Heisman finalist, and he will be the second running back taken in the NFL draft. Before Jameer Gibbs, yeah, I don't even know how much Jameer Gibbs weighs. He's definitely going in front of Jameer Gibbs. So let's recap that. So all-purpose yards, he had 1,314 off by 486. I mean, that's not too bad. Uh, was not a borderline Heisman finalist and no. was a UTF, UDFA, and he was the 18th running back uh, taken. And Jameer Gibbs did go second a few spots ahead of Sean Tucker. So Grim, I hope you really enjoyed listening to those. I feel out of everybody being the hater you are, I mean, Ian probably loved it. Tweet definitely loved it. Um, so that's those were hot takes from Jacob Belleville in 2022. What do we have in store for us in 2023, Jacob? So my hot takes for this year, LSU is your national champion. There's my hot take. They're okay. outside the top five right now. Yep. I have Texas A&M overperforming expectations and winning 10 games but missing the playoffs. I have Tennessee underperforming, and they go 8-4. and four. <clears throat> And then... My not hot take. Brian Ferris' <laughs> contract is terminated after Iowa is unable to score 25 points per game this season. Thoughts? Well, I do feel like LSU winning the national championship will be hard when they don't make it to the playoffs, but they will. Uh, I definitely have some thoughts about Texas A&M, but I'll keep those till my take. Same. Uh, same. Yeah. Mine's the same with uh, takes here. What's that? We had opposite takes on Texas A&M. We did. Um, Tennessee underperforms and goes 8-4. and four. I can see that. Um, the offense is great, but it's Joe Milton's a wild card. So depending on what you get there, I, I could see that. And uh, I wouldn't hate number – Number four. <laughs> so 
bring it. We we should have a we should have like a should we like we have like dumb takes for everything else. Should we do a take of like Brian Ferentz points per game? Like I think he's Brian Ferentz uh like a tracker watch. Yeah, you did tracker for him. I mean we got one for Malik for uh, Malik. Why not for Ferentz? I would just be I would just be shocked if that offense is any better. <sighs> to, to be honest. Like what are they like Kate McNamara? <clears throat> Like, there is there was a tweet has that, a bit, that, that a he was bit. there watching practice and they went into five wide. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Was it a quarterback run? Who knows? It was probably still a halfback draw on third and eight. Is the offensive line any better? No. It's like, hey, I got news for everybody. Cade McNamara has three rushing yards in his career. He's not some mobile dynamo. So, like, what's he going to do back there? Probably look like Spencer Petrus. <laughs> now he's got All a, right. an injured quad. Oh, yeah. They're oh. done. They're done. They're scoring 14 this year. All right. My hot takes from 2022. If you thought Jacobs were good, just wait till you hear some of these. My, my super hot take, I wanted to come out guns blazing. First one. NFL take, Miles Sander and Kyle Pitts score more touchdowns than they did in 2021, which was a combined one touchdown. Uh, Miles Sanders scored 11, and Kyle Pitts had two. So that, I mean, <laughs> ooh, that was close. But, you know, 13 greater than one. So killed that first one. Then I decided to do waiver takes for whatever reason to help you chumps out or something. I, I don't know. I'm glad, I'm glad no one listened to me. Nene Davis out of Utah State would be a top 50 wide receiver. Uh, J- Jacob, I don't know if you remember this, but then we joked about like he's literally like 155 pounds. Like he's just a small guy, but he played that Devin Tompkins role. Uh, he ended up averaging uh, 2.1 points per game, and he was wide receiver 1,706. So, I just missed that one. Pretty close. <clears throat> um, that, then I said, so I, that was my wide receiver take. Then I had a tight end take that Keenan Burnett, tight end at Arizona, and Bryson Nesbitt would each score more touchdowns than Cameron Latu. Uh, Keenan Barnett with zero touchdowns and Bryson Nesbitt with four touchdowns, Cameron Latu with four. So, like, 0.25 points, like half for the tie and then take away half of that for the Burnett take. My uh, running back take, Nathaniel Pete from Missouri leads the NCAA in rushing in 2022. Uh, he had 438 yards rushing while Brad Roberts from Air Force led the nation in rushing with 1,728. So I just missed that one by 1,290. Uh, so that, that was great. Um, my next take, I said <clears throat> Jarrett Dogie would be the quarterback for Western Kentucky. Before the season even starts, 
he leaves town. Austin Reed comes in. But I did say, like, hey, he needs to win this job first, but I think he will win it. So I said Jarrett Doji would be a top 20 quarterback in CFF next year. I mean, it wasn't him, but it was Austin Reed. Austin Reed was QB4. That's like half right. And I even predicted points. I said, we'll just say at this point, I did say Jarrett Dogie would score 397 points in 2022. We had Austin Reed score 360.78 points. I was only off by like 36 points. Feeling pretty good with that one. So, like, not totally there, but ended on a good note there. Um, Well, at least my waiver takes. I still had one more take that Braden Burnett, or Braden Bennett, running back out of Coastal Carolina, would enter the NFL draft and get drafted. He is back for uh, Coastal Carolina this year. Um, I don't know how that that, that did not work out. So I hope you guys enjoyed uh, Jacob and I making fun of ourselves a little bit for our takes um, from last year. My 2023 hot takes. I got three of them. Jack Plummer leads Louisville to an ACC championship game. They do not win it, but he leads them to a championship game. Chad, while I'm reading the rest of my takes, would you mind looking up? Louisville's, or sorry, Louisville's uh, schedule for me. Yeah. <clears throat> when you have that, let me know. And when I get done with my takes, we'll run through it, see if it's realistic. Uh, hot take number two is Michigan beats Ohio State, and Ohio State can't take it that that team up north beat them for a third straight year and they fire Ryan Day. Ohio State's making the playoffs, guys. If they don't win the national championship, Ryan Day's out of there. They can't. They can't take it. They're gonna have a coach with like nine losses out of I don't know years he's been there, and they're gonna say fuck him. We don't need him. Uh, I'll be wild, but uh, so that's why I think that's a hot take. And then I say that Texas A&M underperforms, and Jimbo Fisher is on the hot seat for a coach to be fired in 2024. He will be coaching for his job next season. Chad, do you have our our? Uh, I do. I've got uh, I've got Louisville's schedule up here. Uh, All right, let's just hear run it. through it and go week by yeah. week. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Uh, week one, they've got Georgia Tech at home. Win should, should win that game. Uh, week two, they've got Murray State at home. Win. Uh, September 16th, they've got Indiana at home. Win. The 23rd of September, they have Boston College at home. Uh, Win. September. It might be a tough one for them. Uh, September 29th, they go to NC State. I'm watching NC State play tonight. Win. Um, October 7th, they have Notre Dame at home. That's a loss. Loss. Yeah, win. 
<laughs> Rally the troops. It's a win. Let's go. Uh, October 14th, they're at Pitt. It's a brotherhood. That, that, it's a brotherhood. <laughs> That's right. That that pit game will be tough. That pit game will be tough. Is uh, it at October twenty? It's at Pitt. Yes, it is at Pitt. Ooh. Okay, so realistically, let's say they're five and two at this point, six and one. Okay. Yep. Uh, week off. Then October twenty eighth, they are at home against Duke. Loss. Win. Win. Loss. I say that's a win. Have you seen Ryan uh, play? Uh, November 4th, they are at home against Virginia Tech. When? Virginia Tech's awful. November 9th, they are at home against Virginia. When? When? November 18th, they go to Miami. Miami doesn't know what they're doing. When? Yeah. Uh, they close out the season on mm-hmm. November 25th against Kentucky at home. That's a loss. If they yeah. don't win the ACC with having to go on the road for three games, I take that back. The Indiana and the Georgia Tech are at neutral locations, but they're still home games for them. So I... I think the the stars align. You've got Brom comes in with that offense. He's bringing in some of his own guys, um, and they don't really face anybody tough. Um, I think this is a perfect way to sneak into the championship game before they get slaughtered by Clemson. Yeah, the championship game is not going to be nice to them. No, it will not. But that that is what I think. I think uh, they can make that championship game. And then, the, then they have to play North Carolina the following year in Florida State and Clemson. So <laughs> next year will not be fun for Brown. No. Yeah. Well, if Florida State's there. No. All right. Coaches to be fired. Last year. We hey, you're not gonna let me do my hot takes. Oh, oh, sorry, Chad. Sorry, Chad. Your your hot hey, take. Hey, I got, I got, I got two. All right, and so it kind of one of them falls in line um, with you guys. It's actually I have three. I think Ferenc, um, both of them get fired this year for how bad I was going to be. I here's think the, Kirk's gone after the, this. Here's the problem, Chad. There is no one in the state of Iowa that can fire Kirk. I don't know. I just see it. with everything that's happened in the past couple of years outside of the football team. I'm all just that telling stuff. you, he's Emperor Palpatine of Iowa. <laughs> um, there, that that's my other one. There, um, one of my hot takes is also part of my uh, the coaches on the hot seat. So I'll let that one wait until the end. But my big hot take is uh, Wisconsin actually wins Big Ten West. Okay, and. And goes in that, and gets absolutely slaughtered in the Big Ten championship game. You think that dairy raid system there is going to really take off, huh? I, I don't know. Um, just something about it. I think they that they win the West going ten and two. The West is also awful this year. It is. This is the last year for Iowa to make it to the Big Ten championship game in a while. <laughs> so. Now every, every now team we'll, in the is either bad or there's like the entire team transferred away, like Michigan State. 
Uh, there's a new coach or there's a Wisconsin's going from running the ball 90% of the time to air raid. (laughs) So now we've got our coaches to be fired in 2022 on our episode 17, August 3rd edition, which again, do not go back and listen to not enjoyable to listen to. I sure to hope God, we are way better than that. Um, I do want to quickly say in that episode, we talked about guys on the NCAA side that we want to build our rosters around. Um, Jacob, you said Bijan. Yeah. That's an all right. I said Keishon Boutte. He made the roster. We're not looking bad. Not looking bad. Um, you also asked me if a rich goes in the first round, you're telling me you wouldn't want to build around a rich and you would take Cape Butte. And I said, absolutely. <laughs> so <clears throat> quick in this format. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely fun to listen to a couple of those. So our coaches, Jacob, you said Scott Satterfield at Louisville would be fired. I don't remember if he got fired or if he, he just fired. He left, but I'm counting. Let, I'm counting it as a firing. And you said Scott Frost would get fired at Nebraska, which happened. I said that Danny Gonzalez, coach at New Mexico, would be fired. He's still coaching today there. I'm going to go with that's a loss. Uh, yeah, really digging into that New Mexico. I was I was digging deep. I also said Herm Edwards would get fired at Arizona State. Two of our four picks that we had um, were fired midseason, so we didn't do too bad there. <clears throat> this year, I've got a couple coaches to be fired. Neil Brown, West Virginia, they're going to be awful. He does not uh, come back to West Virginia. I'm honestly going to be surprised if he makes it through the year. <clears throat> never say never, but Neil Brown, West Virginia, out. Tom Allen at Indiana. He's got two Big Ten wins in the last two years. I mean, Indiana's a Big Ten school. They'll find somebody else. You're out, Tom Allen. They're not gonna. He's not gonna uh, be there next year. And Dana Holgerson out of Houston is fired. I think that's kind of like my spicier take, um, because I think he's got insulated value in that they're moving to the Big Twelve, and they're like, "Well, we didn't win a lot. Like, if they're if they don't win a lot, it's like, oh, well, we're going, you know, to the Big Twelve, and that's a jump. So we didn't really have any expectations. But let me tell you this: their athletic director said when they fired the previous coach, Major Applewhite, after two years of his 7-5 and five and 8-5 and five season, said winning is defined at the University of Houston as 10-2. and two. We'll fire coaches at 8-4. and four. Well, let me tell you Dan Holgerson's records. 4-8, and 3-5, 12-2, 8-5. And 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 he's got one season above eight wins, and he's been there longer than Major Applewhite. It was seven wins and eight wins. I looked back, and I think it's four years out of the last, like, 20 that they've been over eight wins. (laughs) No, that they've had double-digit wins. So I don't know if that's a hard and fast rule we're using. (laughs) 
But uh, like it's more of a guideline than an actual rule. It's like you know you got a coach there, he, two years, seven and five, eight and five. That's not bad. Two bowl seasons. Winning is defined here as ten and two. We fire coaches at eight and four, and it has yet hasn't been great. So that at that athletic director, like that was his crowning moment. Like he just <laughs> it on a reel sometimes. He's like, oh, I was badass right there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was that's my coaches to be fired, Jacob. You know, and the and the best thing is, is Houston plays West Virginia this year in the Big Twelve, so that'll be a fun game. Jacob, who are your coaches to be fired? All right, my coaches to be fired. I've got Brent Venables at Oklahoma. That is just a team and a history that I don't. They're not going to take two losing seasons. And I think there's a good chance that Oklahoma has another losing season this year. So I think he's just going to be out. They're going to be like, nope, not working. Especially before you go to the SEC, all that kind of stuff. And then my next one is Greg Schiano at Rutgers. He just, they just, it feels like that program's just in like stasis mode. They're not moving forward. They're not getting any better with recruits. I don't know. It's crazy because I mean, Grant, they're in the Big Ten now, but when they're in the, is it the Big East or whatever it was like they they actually won conference championships. Like he did really well there. So yep. So something's going on there where they're just it just feels very like static with the program, and I could see it kind of coming to the point where the athletic director is just kind of like, you know what, I think it's just time for a change. Then my last one, and this one would cost a lot of money, but I think Mario Cristobal is at least going to be on the hot seat after this year. I think they have another losing record this year at Miami. And, I mean, they're still getting good recruits, but recruiting has taken a step back since he's been there the last three years. So I am going with Mario Cristobal as kind of a spicy take to get fired. I believe Mario Cristobal has been a head coach now for three years and has three different OCs. At some point, people are going to figure out, like, hey, dude, it's not the OCs. It's you. But I will say he can recruit pretty well. So that's the one thing. His recruiting classes the last three years at Miami have actually been worse than what they've historically gotten in the previous, like, 20 well, he's only been there for two years, so like well, this is his second year there. So, so his, two this is like his kind of his recruiting class. So I don't know. This is his first one. Yeah, because his last recruiting class would be whatever, whoever was there before him. Yeah. And then he's regardless. They have talent at Miami, so he needs to win games. Yep, I agree. Chad, let's hear. Uh, your coaches to be fired. So we can make fun of you so, next year. <laughs> so um, honestly, um, I have uh, Tom Allen and Neil Brown as well. For those legit, I have the exact same two that you do. Uh, but my spicy one is that Jimbo Fisher is out after this year, even with having to pay $70 million. I think they don't win eight games. You know what? I don't hate it, Chad. You're on my side. Let's unite. 
Well, well, I don't really know what the gigum really means, but we're gonna do like the opposite of gigum them and Aggies. Yeah. So that's all we have for us. As you notice, we didn't have the Southern Bear on tonight. He's out collecting picnic baskets somewhere, getting fed, getting trying to find probably trying to find points. Um, he didn't put up a lot of points so far tonight. Jacob, do you know how many he's got currently? I don't have my phone in front of me. All right. We'll tr- I'll look that up here. But uh, so our friend, the Southern Bear, out there looking for some points. But he was kind enough to let to give us his picks for week one of the NCAA tonight. And so stay tuned for this year of all Southern Bear picks. We're going to get a running tally of how that's going. And as I'm filibustering to uh, figure out how many points uh, Tweet has. And he has, ooh, 17.2. He must have found some points. He found some points. Uh, Span has nine and a half. And uh, Montreal, uh, Johnson, Montreal Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, 7.7. So he's got two guys, 7.2 points. Jacob, you're going to want to listen at the end to these picks. Minnesota's lining up for a game-winning kick right here. Okay. All right. Well, should we stay on to, to hear this? Hey, kick is up. It is good. Nebraska loses another single-digit point game. <laughs> All right. Sometimes, Suck it, Nebraska. Some things stay the same. It's like Scott Frost We're... back. <laughs> Scott it's like Frost he never left. <laughs> man, oh, man. Jacob, I don't know if I 100% agree with everything you're saying there, but, you know, to each their own. You weren't on the haters episode, so you you didn't understand what was happening, and you still don't understand what's happening clearly. But anywho, the Bears back. He's here. New network, same bear. Southern as hell. Hello, baby. Last year, I'm pretty sure I knocked it out of the park. I basically gave everybody the correct predictions every week. It's amazing how good I am. I leave ESPN. Now I'm on Fox or wherever the hell I'm at. I don't even know. It's questionable. Anywho, we're going to do week one Bear college picks. I said college picks for a reason. Because next week, Bears doing college and NFL picks. Giddy up, Cowboys! Let's go! This is what the people want. College and NFL picks. College this week. We got NFL next week. Here we go. Week one. We are going to start out. We are just going to start out with Ian versus Patrick. I'm going to start out with the same thing I said every week last week. Until Patrick beats somebody, I'm taking Ian. That's where I'm at. I don't need to do some synopsis. I don't need to say some bullshit about Patrick's team. Until Patrick wins, it's anybody versus Patrick. So, Ian, you take the dub, a.k.a. Team Hot Dog Water. All right, now we're on to week, 
or not week two, Jesus Christ. I've been having a few beverages this evening, as the bear does. You know how I do. Everybody knows. So on to our next pick. We have the Golden Domers, a.k.a. Big L. We got them going up against the farm system. Man, oh, man, who's going to make a difference? I'm going out the gates this week, this year. I hate to say it, but I'm taking Grim. Hate to fucking say it. It's mind-blowing, I know, guys. Jacob's looking at me like I'm fucking crazy. Luke, Luke, come back. Come back. I'm taking Grim. Week one, that's 1-0 Team Grim farm system. Then we got Corey versus the pains me to say this. Pains me. This hurts deep, real, real deep. It's my quarterback deep. This is a way we take Corey versus Luke. I'm taking Luke, the two time champion. I don't love it, but I have to because, well, his team's superior. So. Here I am again, just being the bear. Love to hear it. Every, everybody's going to love that from Team Perasco. I know that for a fact. Now we got, we've got, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. We got the upset of the week coming up. Bear, how could there be an upset of the week, week one? There's no records. There's no nothing. Let me tell you something. Let me give you give you a little something, something. I am taking the Nate. I don't trade anymore over the Brett Kansas City two-time Super Bowl champion. I love Travis Kelsey's dick. Hafner. Why is this an upset? Great question. The reason why this is an upset is because Brett has had super – Duper huge success in the college side. He's finished second the last two years behind who we won't mention. And uh, so, you know, I feel like – or I feel – God damn it, I damn near said his name. I feel like Brett is finishing second two years in a row. He, he, he's, he's in the lead. But Nate is the underdog, and he is taking this one down. I mean, I don't mean to like just interject and, and mess up your groove here, well, tweet. But I, I feel like I may have broken Brett. He, I think he just finished second, finished second, and then he broke. He didn't know what to do, and this is his downfall. It starts here with that underdog, underdog name. I mean, we're talking about a guy that couldn't fill out a roster just months ago. Yeah. And now he's coming in as the dog, and he's he's beating that number two guy. So, you, I think you ruined him. I think you ruined him. Anywho, we're going to go to the game of the week. This is the college game of the week. We've got Mr. I Get No Respect. I got all the haters. Haters going to hate me. Mr. I drafted so well. I drafted people that play. Mr. Jacob Belleville 
versus the Southern Bear. Cajun jambalaya, all the goods, all the stuff, crawfish, boils, we're doing it. Jacob thinks he's coming into town with the best team college side has ever seen. Mind you, Jacob has never made the playoffs. This man has no clue what playoffs are. He's he's Jim Mora. Playoffs? 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 Yeah, he says that because he has no fucking clue. Tweet by a million. We're taking him. Jacob's trying to start some fake-ass quarterbacks, some fake-ass players. No, tweet. Southern Bear wins this week, guaranteed, sending Jacob back to the cellar with cellar dwellers and back to not making the playoffs. Sorry, Jacob. You are in the shitter. So that's going to do it for us tonight. Next week, we will have the recap of week one of the NFL. We'll have Bears picks for week two, and we'll have Bears picks for week one of the NFL season. We're going to get back into our normal schedule where we will do our intro. We'll do hit Who Am I, our quick news. There will be no takeaways other than recapping our games and uh, getting on to the next week. Jacob, don't hate the player. Hate the game, and I'm Triple H. Good night.